We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcasts and tonight's game in Charlotte that the Timberwolves ultimately lost 120 to 114. Um, It will obviously be labeled as the Lomelo Ball versus Anthony Edwards game, but I think uh, tonight proved to be a lot more than that. The number one overall pick and number three overall pick, uh, they did both put up pretty gaudy numbers in their first game against each other. Edwards, if you didn't watch the game, he had... 21 points, six boards, and three assists. Assists while uh, while Ball had 20, uh, 11 boards, and four assists. Ball was a more efficient eight of 15 from the field, while Ant shot nine of 21. Uh, but really, like I said, it, it proved to be a lot more than that. And and I think just in sort of watching the game, it kind of brushed over the fact that COVID was was lingering over this game, and Carl Anthony Towns kind of pointed that out to us after the game that you know really the biggest storyline from this game was the fact that Charlotte had PJ Washington ruled out from the game an hour before the game started due to you know a positive COVID-19 tests and yeah I mean I don't this is just us normalizing being stupid and normalizing COVID to a ridiculous degree but I don't know why I wasn't thinking about that when it happened and and you know specifically for Cat I would I would assume that was pretty dang weird for him to go out and play in a game where it was likely that somebody on the Hornets or certainly possible that somebody on the Hornets also had it. So I just want to play what Kat had to say um, after the game, because I think it did provide some good insight there. An extended absence. They say the first game goes okay. And the second one is when they kind of feel the effects of it. Just how did you feel physically out there, you know, for the second night and get back to it? Uh, For sure. For sure. Um, I was winded in the beginning, but uh you know it just it was different it was different for us it was different for me 
Um, I'm not I'm, I'm not to make excuses or anything, but the the Charlotte with their uh, COVID situation that bothered me a lot, and uh, Ryan knew it, and uh, coaches knew I was I wasn't uh, and you know I got to be better, but I was mentally not there in the first half. That COVID uh, situation really spooked me. Uh, I don't know, it just triggered me. And uh, my teammates knew it and they were there to support me. They understood that it was gonna be tough for me early on, but uh, it spooked me a lot. And uh, say I was scared is the least thing I, uh, but second half, I felt better. Uh, my dad calmed me down. So thanks to Papa Towns, but he calmed me down. And, uh, but you know, I, I definitely was winded early on, um, but, uh, you know, just got to keep fighting, just keep fighting to get my shape and um, get back in rhythm. Carl, did you did you not think the game would, should be played or how how were you kind of approaching when you found that stuff out? Um, we all kind of were worried that the game wasn't going to be played because we were already warming up. Um, but for me, I, I immediately um, was triggered by it. And that's just answering the questions. Honestly, I was immediately you know, triggered by it and um, I don't know. It just brought up so many things I've been through, and it, and it affected me in such a way where basketball wasn't important anymore. And I remember going up to Ryan and say, "Ryan, are you sure we should play this? You know, if those guys uh, got some COVID positives, and and we're playing with guys who are around these people, and I was one of those guys that was negative today, and then tomorrow was negative as well, and then the next day, I boom, I was positive with COVID and a bad time and a bad case of it. So." I was, I understood what the situation was for me, uh, not, not knowing, you know, what the timeline for their cases and stuff like that. I didn't know if they were contagious, not contagious, how well was the, you know, uh, the, the, the tracing, the contact tracing was and all that stuff. So I was more worried for the guys and I was worried for myself. And I mean, I just had COVID and I mean, I have the antibodies, thank God, and I'm very high on it, but I was more worried for our guys. I don't want them to go through what I went through and even have to even come close to it. So for me, it was, uh, it was me just, I mean, just thinking for them, you know, this is not a situation to play with, especially if you got someone positive and, you know, obviously I, I, I've prayed very hard and especially in the first half of the guys on the other side and asking the players on the other team and how the players were doing and uh, staff was doing and, seeing how their symptoms were and anything was, if I could give any insight or anything like that. So I don't want this show or any show to be a, a COVID podcast. I mean, a lot of us, we're, we're coming to basketball for an escape, you know, from COVID. Um, I do prefer to talk about what the team actually looks like on the floor. And tonight I'd love to talk about what the cat, cat and ant duo looked like or how Beasley and cat, you know, split looks so forth, all that sort of stuff. And I mean, we're all just so antsy to to see this team back at full strength. And I think we want that more than anything, probably even more than wins. You know, we want to see Cat, D'Lo, Ant, and Beasley all play together. And I, I, COVID does tie to the basketball part of that because, you know, playing a basketball game tonight very well could have could lead to a Timberwolves player testing positive for COVID tomorrow. It could certainly have been incubating inside of one of the Hornets players and that could literally lead to Beasley or Edwards getting COVID themselves. And I mean, you know, you just think about it when 
when Wancho and Cat tested positive. That was after the you know the Memphis game, and you know they test positive the next day, and then the day after that, Jonas Valanciunas tests positive, and that's who who was guarding Cat that whole game. I mean, it's not that hard to connect some dots here, and I just think it would be such an unnecessary blow to the little excitement that surrounds this Timberwolves team right now if if anyone but specifically Edwards or Beasley you know were to test positive tomorrow or the next day I mean that would just kill two more weeks of this season so that's you know as I'm just kind of sitting there after the game that's where my, my my head starts going is just to the idea of excitement and how I feel like excitement is getting stomped on and you know specifically for Cat it's weird this is just this is so bizarre he's just like emblematic of how messy this all is and I'm sure a lot of you got to see you know Carl's post-game comments after his you know his first game back and obviously he shared a lot of the details about what he went through with COVID but but really he talked about being excited to be back you know playing and and you know before that a year ago, I remember how excited Carl was to to have D'Angelo Russell here, you know, to to be able to be playing basketball with one of his best friends. And I just feel like this his excitement is taking blow after blow. And I mean, honestly, I'm just curious where where Cat's excitement level is for these final 46 games of the season. So this is what he had to say. Carl, I I guess I'm just kind of curious about your overall excitement. Because I, I think sometimes it, it, I, I'm imagining this is extremely confusing for you. Um, you know, last after the last game, you sounded so excited to, to be back out on the floor and playing, and then tonight is this whole other whirlwind, and and you have the rest of the season here where I'm assuming you're excited to play with your friend D'Angelo and and all these different things. I mean, how how do you balance that? Where is your excitement level at? Just when you look at 50 more games this season. Uh, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited because of these guys, but obviously, you know, today's not one of those days. I'm excited to come in front of here and talk to you guys about not only a loss, but something that we could have lost more than just a game today. And you know, um, I think I think it's not that I'm not excited. I'm worried. I think there's that's the more of the word that describes what you're seeing right now in this Zoom. Is that's just I'm just worried. Um, it's not going to stop and the world's just, you know, especially America is just getting more and more COVID cases. So, um, I, I'm just worried. And, you know, my, my heart goes out to all the people that have gotten COVID and um, the families have been affected by the, um, I just, I just, I just couldn't stomach seeing one of the, one of my guys get it and not being able to do anything. Um, I've already had that situation once. I'm not trying to have that one again. So um, I'm just going to keep doing what I can to keep everyone healthy as possible and, and just keep stressing how important masks are and, and just being responsible professionals. Those weren't the only fireworks that went off post game. <laughs> Malik Beasley, uh, he had some words and it was surprising. I mean, Malik's really kept his head down um, for the majority of this season uh, you know, he's you know, quite frankly, when for me personally, when Malik comes up to talk post game, it's not all that exciting. He's pretty boring because he's, you know, intentionally not really saying anything. And I think 
how we've seen Malik be frustrated at times this year is in his body language. And I think we understand some of that frustration in regards to not getting more shots, you know, specifically at the end of the games. And, and we, I think we all know that it would make sense for the amount of minutes he's playing to have been, you know, they've kind of been suspiciously low. That would be, you know, something to be frustrated about, but, but yeah, I mean, Malik hasn't said anything all year and, He's been quiet, and tonight he wasn't. He We had our first official on-the-record shots fired at Ryan Saunders' comment, and I'll play that for you here after a quick break, but uh, it's worth hearing Malik's full comments. What's up, everybody? We have something to tell you about here at Blue Wire, and that is that we love sports betting. And whether you've been betting for a while or you're thinking about getting started, we want to let you know uh, great resources for sports bettors, and that's the Action Network. The Action Network is where sports fans go to bet smarter and experience real financial gains. In fact, their Action Network app was recently named the best app in sports betting. And with an Action Network Pro subscription, you can unlock the very best of the app. When you sign up for an Action Pro, Action Network Pro subscription, you can access the Pro Report which includes expert projections for every game. You can see money and bet percentages on every game. You can see the teams professional gamblers are betting on. You can take advantage of pro systems, which match winning historical betting trends with the latest games and lines. You can track every bet you make and get alerts in real time. So if you're looking to bet smarter, an Action Network Pro subscription is the way to get started. And for a limited time, our listeners can receive 50% off an annual pro subscription. Just go to actionnetwork.com and receive 50% off an annual subscription when you use the code MORE50, M-O-O-R-E-5-0. This offer won't last, so go to actionnetwork.com to sign up for a pro subscription and use promo code MORE50 to receive 50% off and start betting smarter today. All right, before we get to Malik's comments, I do want to say that this game specifically is a really interesting game for him to have blown up yeah he actually played the entire first quarter of the game all 12 minutes and then he stayed in in the second quarter to keep playing so he in this game he was playing but I almost feel like that's more telling that in a game where he played 37 minutes he he sounded off you know and it's just how I take it is he's just done with being held back in any way in any way from winning and he, he wants things to change. I think he this is one of those situations where a player used the media to to make a point. Uh, I feel like I'm in the best shape of my life. I feel like I need to be, you know, used more because I don't feel like I get tired. Or and if I do, I tell the team to come get me. Um, so, uh, and then Kat, he, you know, he's getting back in, into rhythm and things, and he's already doing well. You know, the first game, he had a double-double. Second game, he had another one. So, uh just the, just the way he's playing and the things he's doing for us has been tremendous. Any other questions for Malik? Malik, is that something you've you've voiced uh, maybe to Ryan and coaches that you know you played more tonight? Um, that like yes, I can go more, and and do you feel like that message has kind of been received? Um, I don't know if it's been received or not, but uh, I know that I'm in great shape, and I know that I can play more. Even like 37 tonight, do you feel like you can go beyond that? Yes. Malik does have a point, right? I mean, prior to tonight, he had only played over 35 minutes in five of the first 25 games of the season. I mean, 
LeBron averages 35 minutes per game. And in one of Malik's five games that he played over 35 minutes, I mean, he needed overtime to get there. Just by star or even NBA starter standards, like Beasley is not playing a lot of minutes this season. And it's and it's not because he came into training camp out of shape. It's not because he's nursing an injury. I mean, really, he's the 24-year-old Malik Beasley is the poster child for a player who should be playing 35 minutes every night. What, what I thought was telling in addition to not just pointing at the minutes is Malik talked about wanting to get the ball more. And that's kind of, that's a, that's a second shot, you know, and to be fair, it is harder. And I think we, we've talked about this on the pod in the past. And I think, you know, this isn't somewhat understood, you know, thing that it's, it's hard to feed a player of Malik's style shots, right? He's a, Malik's a catch and shoot player, or that's what he's been used as, right? Since he's been on the Timberwolves. I mean, only 13.7% of his shots this season have come as a pick-and-roll ball handler, and only 1.6 of his shots have come in isolation. That's just eight isolation attempts the whole season. I mean, the vast majority of his action comes either in spot-up situations, coming off of screens, or getting the ball off of handoffs. And there really is only so much volume you can get if those are the main tenets of your offensive diet, right? If you want to get more touches, you've got to you got to play more like Terry Rozier tonight, who had 41 points against the Wolves. For a player like Rozier or for a team like Charlotte, it's easier to feed Rozier a lot because he's used more as a primary ball handler. He isn't just a pin-down guy. He gets, and I mean, because of that, if you look up his frequency numbers, I mean, he gets almost double the amount of pick-and-rolls and isolation opportunities than Beasley does. So, I mean, on its face, it seems obvious that, okay, you know, you just give them Malik the ball more, you know, make him more of a primary ball handler. But with context, I mean, that's pretty problematic for two reasons, right? Like I think we, Malik is significantly less productive in terms of points per possession when he is a primary ball, ball handler in those, you know, in those pick and roll situations, he's a 46 percentile shooter in spot up sh- situations. He's super high volume and still 88th percentile in terms of effectiveness. Those are his strengths. And then, two, even if you want to test to see if that pick and roll, the primary ball handler things could go up in effectiveness by giving him more volume, I mean, the second predicament is that this team already has two primary ball, handler that's, ball handlers that they're very committed to, D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards. I mean, not to mention Cat, who is a primary ball handler when he gets the ball up top in his own right. So we're really running into like a rock and a hard place situation here, right? Like part of the answer is easy, you know, play Malik more minutes, easy, and then run more off ball actions for him. Like those things can both happen, but I don't think we can brush over the fact, like the hard fact that this roster was constructed in a way that asks Beasley to play a certain role. Has he been deserving of a bigger role? Has he, because for killing it in his role as a spot up guy? Yes. But, I mean, I think if there's one thing that we know with this team, it's that they're going to, they have plans and they stick to those predetermined plans. I mean, yes, there's room baked in where they can adjust around that plan some. But with D'Lo coming back, Cat back, Ant getting more touches, I'm just, 
I'm very curious to see if Malik is going to take that a little more room. You know, is that going to be enough for his liking? I mean, this happened tonight with D'Angelo Russell not playing at all. And in a game where Cat was third on the team in shot attempts. I mean, if anything, more usage is coming from the point guard position. And, I mean, Cat's usage is only going to grow. So, <laughs> I don't know. This might just be the beginning. We, we do have to have a bigger conversation um, about Cat and his usage and what exactly his role is going to be on this team going forward. I mean, if you watch the game, I think you notice this. It's certainly something I've been taking note of, not just tonight, but in you know all six games Cat's played now. Is He's being used as a post-up option way more than he's being used as a perimeter option. I remember last year, that five-out option and Cat was the quarterback up there, like, that was the old offense and the new offense. The baseline is Cat as a post player. So, I mean, as these games rattle off, we do need to track how his usage in the post versus on the perimeter lines up with Beasley and Edwards. I mean, I think that's that's part of the logic that's going into using Cat in the post more is because you have better perimeter options now. But, I mean, Cat's a pretty damn good perimeter player himself. So, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give that another game before really digging into it here on the pod. Um, you know the Wolves are gonna play again on Sunday night against Toronto, so we're gonna leave tonight. It's Friday night as a short pod, um, but I will be back after Sunday's game against the Raptors. We'll have another game of cat by then, um, and we'll hopefully be able to have more of a cat basketball conversation after that one. But until then, enjoy your weekend. I'm Dane. Peace out. How I'm feeling, man. I hope it never stop, yeah. Green it hard so you can find me in the crowd, yeah.